You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 32 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, I will be discussing how to work on emotional healing using the witch archetype, and I will be reviewing the Seasons of the Witch, Samhain, and Yule Oracle decks. And of course, at the end of the episode, I will share with you the card spread that I created for us to use to facilitate this healing work related to the witch archetype. First, let me say it's great to be back with new episodes in a brand new year. I took off a few months to work on editing for book one of the fictional divination series that I've been working on for the past two years, and I have high hopes that I'll be releasing book one this year in 2022. I will definitely keep you updated and let you know when the book is coming out. And I'm happy to report that I just launched a third spread ebook called Healing Through Tarot's Healing and Mental Health Spreads, Volume 2. If you liked Volume 1, you will love this new spread book. It has 15 spreads, and all of the spreads are nine or more cards. So these are meaty healing spreads, covering inner child healing, body healing, conquering anxiety, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, soul connection, and much, much more. It's a complement to the Volume 1 spread ebook, but it can also stand alone. This ebook will help you continue your Healing Through Terror journey. You can find this ebook on my website, healingthroughterror.com, for $14. I'll post a link in the show notes for your convenience. I chose today's topic of healing with the witch archetype because I find it so relevant to the healing and growth journeys so many of us are on currently. Many people that I work with and follow on social media speak about feeling connected to the witch archetype, myself included. Many even feel strongly that they've lived other incarnations, either as witches, mystics, and healers, or someone who was wrongly accused of witchcraft and persecuted. The witch archetype has many lessons to teach us, and I find this is a powerful archetype to work with when healing, especially when someone feels like the black sheep of their family. This might be the case if someone felt different from their relatives or distanced and estranged from family. Maybe they've been ostracized for their religious beliefs or lack thereof, or ridiculed and demeaned for their practices. The term witch has had a negative connotation for millennia. Women hundreds or even thousands of years ago were cast out of their villages because neighbors blamed weather phenomena or disease outbreaks on these women, mostly older, single, childless women who they found unattractive and unholy. When researching the Salem witch trials, you will come across documentation that neighbors were turning their neighbors in solely for property disputes or personality conflicts. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute. Can you imagine how many accusations of witchcraft we would have now if you could turn in your neighbors for mild altercations? 
With how divided the world is now, it would be millions, if not billions, of people. But that's all it took hundreds of years ago. The court actually allowed spectral evidence in the Salem witch trials, meaning that accusers could make an accusation of seeing the accused witch in their bedroom at night and never had to provide a smidge of evidence, and the court treated it as if it was fact. Those of us that feel distanced or disconnected from society now, as the world divides itself more and more, can tap into that feeling of being cast out for being too different. Most lightworkers that I know feel more like an observer of humanity than an active participant, at least during these tumultuous years we find ourselves in now. We know what that separation from community feels like. At the very least, these days in most countries, we aren't at risk of being persecuted again for our beliefs and practices. Although there are still a few countries where practicing divination or witchcraft carries a death sentence. Centuries ago, it was the norm to face that penalty across the globe. I often think about that when slinging cards. When working on healing the witch archetype, it is important to work on healing the wounds created by scapegoating, banishment from family or community, and loss of personal power. One of the first suggestions I would give you is to sit down and explore where in this life or other incarnations you may have had your power stripped from you. Journal and reflect on how vulnerable you felt when your power was taken from you. This could be with family, at work, school, or maybe even a marriage. Tap into any memories of powerlessness. Explore experiences where you also gave your power away, maybe to escape harm, humiliation, or a threat to your safety. Healing with the witch archetype centers on regaining our power. When I embody witch or crone energy, it feels so empowering. There's a sense that I'm in total control of my whole world, my body, my spirit, and my surroundings. The tarot card I work the most with for healing powerlessness is the Queen of Wands. She is the witch of the tarot, and the Queen of Wands owns her power. She's the boss. She's in total control, and when I embody her energy, there's no sense that anyone would be powerful enough to strip her of her power. She's the one I turn to when I need to face fears of speaking out, taking on a leadership role, or a more visible role in the world. And that's because she has no fear. She's all fire and power. I would encourage you to take out the Queen of Wands from your tarot deck this week, and once she's in front of you, focus on her image. Channel her energy and tap into her power. See what it feels like to step into her shoes for the day. See how it feels to wield her power and self-confidence. You may even feel your throat chakra open up when you embody her energy. She helps you assert yourself. This queen can help with any healing associated with the throat chakra or the solar plexus chakra, which is our power center and where our drive and self-esteem are housed. The reason witches were so feared centuries ago is because those around them feared their power, their voice, their knowledge about the natural world, and their healing abilities. Working with the witch archetype can offer us healing in many areas.
Many of the women and men persecuted centuries ago were in fact healers. They treated their neighbors with tonics, tinctures, teas, and herbal remedies, most of which we would call homeopathy now. Can you imagine being persecuted and then hanged or burned at the stake for making an herbal tea for your neighbor in today's world? It's complete madness. Times have certainly changed, but we still have trolls in our society that still find ways to harass those they single out as too vocal and progressive. Powerful vocal women are attacked online in an effort to demean them and take them down a few pegs just because others are threatened by their drive, ambition, and success. This can also take the form of stalking, harassment, unwanted sexual advances, and sexual assault. And women in some households are taught from an early age to not come off as too intelligent or strong-willed because those kind of women won't, quote, be marriage material. This is why healing with the witch archetype is so important in today's society. You can instantly feel a rush of power shoot out of the solar plexus when embodying witch energy. That's why I think autumn is many people's favorite season. The season of the witch. Many of us feel stronger and more rooted in our sense of self every August through November. There's more magic and mystery in the air. We're more curious about our surroundings in the natural world. We dabble in new practices because we feel drawn to more mystical energies. We walk on the wild side a little more that time of year, and we crave a bit of mystery. If you've experienced any of these emotional states, you've tapped into witch energy. Why not tap into that energy year-round? Why do we only allow ourselves to channel that power a few months out of the year? When working with this energy, claim your power. Envision stepping into the shoes of the Queen of Wands. When engaging in this type of healing work, there are some areas that I suggest you focus. Stepping fully into your own personal power. Improving and using your healing abilities to self-heal and heal others. Standing your ground. Standing up for your beliefs. Coming out of the shadows. Connecting with nature. Turning the tables on those that wish you harm. Asserting yourself. Claiming your right to take up space. And reclaiming your voice and start to speak up with that voice. When working with the witch archetype, it is vital to learn to tap into using your voice. Many witches were literally silenced. Do a Google search on witches' bridles to see images of the muzzles that they used to bind witches' tongues to keep them from uttering spells against their accusers and jailers. If you've had other incarnations as witches or accused witches, you will most likely feel this trauma deeply. You may have a blocked throat chakra as a result, and that could take quite a bit of work to unblock. I went through this when I first launched this podcast. My throat would seize up, and I couldn't speak any words. This still happens from time to time, and no matter how much I try and force the words out, they won't come. When that happens, I take a break and pull out the Queen of Wands card, and I begin to channel her energy. If it's really bad, I will embody her and record the podcast as if I were the Queen of Wands. 
she doesn't have a blocked throat chakra. Hers is wide open. Also, if you struggle about coming out of the tarot or mystical closet, it could be possible that you had an incarnation where you were persecuted or hunted for divination, witchcraft, or even healing others, which was considered witchcraft back in the day if you were a woman and not a trained physician. So this is a powerful archetype to work with to heal those past traumas. Another thing I've noticed is that people will have a strong sense of coven energy if they've discovered past lives as witches. It will feel like a strong sisterhood that you miss terribly. To me, it feels like a nostalgic feeling, like homesickness, like a longing for those bonds to return. It's very powerful. Coven energy will often come up when working with the witch archetype, and many of us miss that in today's modern world. When working with the witch archetype within the tarot, I turn to the queens. Each has their own gifts, abilities, and power. I've written descriptions of each of the tarot queens as an aspect of the witch archetype. I'll start with the Queen of Wands because, of course, she's the witch of the tarot. The wand suit represents the element of fire. She utilizes firepower to wield her magic through fire rituals, candle magic, sacred burns, smoke rituals, and fire dancing. She's all power and action. The centers of my palms heat up and sweat when I'm channeling the Queen of Wands. She's got that much energy coursing through her. There's a boldness to her that frees you from any stagnation you find yourself in. And she's very sensual, so this queen would use sex magic as well. The Queen of Cups represents the mystical side of witchcraft. She's the diviner, which is similar to the high priestess in the major arcana with heightened intuitive and psychic abilities. She's able to see beyond the veil to the other side and can explore other realms. The cup suit in the tarot represents the element of water. This queen taps into her magic through scrying with water, healing water cleanses, and crystal baths. She's a powerful healer and emotionally open to spread love, nurturing, and emotional support. She's very maternal and often mothers those around her. She would make an excellent energy healer, caregiver, diviner, medium, and psychic. The Queen of Pentacles is a nature witch, green witch, or kitchen witch. The pinnacle suit represents the element of earth, so this queen is deeply connected to the natural world. You will often find her cooking with herbs and making healing potions and tinctures. She's the homeopath, healer, herbalist, and counselor. She utilizes feng shui and brew magic to shift energy in the home to cleanse negative energy and shift stagnant energy. She's a nurturer and will be the one to offer you a hot herbal tea in her cozy witch cottage when you're feeling down and upset. The Queen of Swords is the word witch. The suit of swords represents the element of air. So I see this queen as a writer of spells, creator of new realities, the humanitarian, and the visionary. I see witches as forward thinkers. 
they can often glimpse into the future to envision a better world. So the Queen of Swords would be the witch advocate, fighting for equal rights for all and standing up for any human cast out of society. She might even go into law to craft new laws to protect children, animals, nature, and those in our society that haven't been given a voice. Now that we've covered all four queens in the tarot, there's one major aspect of the witch archetype left to discuss, the crone. The crone is the elder, the matriarch of the tribe, keeper of the sacred knowledge, and the wise old sage. In some modern tarot decks, she's representative of the hierophant, which signifies our spiritual mentors who are privy to sacred wisdom. I've even seen in a few decks where the crone is depicted as the hermit, who represents an enlightened figure who returns from isolation to share their wisdom with others. The crone retains a lifetime of experiences that serve to teach all who would gather around the fire with her. She's even the energy many of us tap into when we use divination to seek the answers to the most puzzling and existential questions we have about the universe and meaning of life. She may not speak often, but when she does, it's profound. So to summarize, the witch archetype is the seeker and holder of deep, sacred knowledge. Witches are connected to the laws of nature, medicine, and healing. This knowledge threatens those in charge. The witch brings forth ideas that disrupt the current values and order, which is one of the reasons that the church feared her. Witches for millennia were demonized by men in authority and by the church elders who feared losing their power to women that were speaking out about the abuses of power in the church and the overreach of that power. They needed a way to silence these women. So they tarnished their reputations and admonished them for any behavior that they deemed immoral, like practicing divination and medicine. The powers that be made up lies about women consorting with the devil in the woods at night. They manipulated society's view of these wise sages. That's why you often see the witch portrayed as an old, evil hag in all of the fairy tales. They made a point to make her ugly and undesirable, to squash any desire to emulate her practices. It was basically a smear campaign, and it worked for thousands of years. When talking about these archetypes, you can separate out the archetypes of witches and mystics, but I think there will always be an overlap between them and with the healer archetype as well. There are elements that they all share, but not all mystics engage in witchcraft, and not all witches use divination. But these days, we do see a mixture of all kinds of practices, which I personally think is great. We're blurring the lines more and more, and refusing to be put in one box or choose one label. I'm currently planning out episodes on the mystic and healer archetypes for the future, so we can delve into those further. As we tap into the witch archetype to heal ourselves, we are also changing the perception of witches. We are reshaping the way society views witches as a whole. Just look at the evolution of Salem, Massachusetts over the past 300 plus years. It is now a mecca for anyone interested in the folklore of witches. And now pop culture is full of positive examples of witches. It also helps that in everyday society, we are talking more openly about divination and witchcraft. 
I believe that many of the past witches who were persecuted have reincarnated in this life to help topple the patriarchy that hunted them and to work on healing the trauma from those barbaric times. So don't hide your connection to magic anymore. What many don't realize is that it is easy to fall into depression if our innate gifts aren't being used. If we are kept from expressing this energy, we begin to withdraw and disconnect. It's painful to not express these gifts when they flow through you so effortlessly. Don't fear your gifts. Embrace them. To be a witch is to manifest, create, heal, and purify. It's a beautiful energy to work with. Connecting to this magic again is freeing, life-changing, and life-saving for many. After a quick break, I will introduce you to the Seasons of the Witch, Samhain and Yule Oracles. My fictional divination book series, the Divining Sisters series, has launched. You can purchase book one in the series, The Call of the Cards, now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble in paperback or ebook. If you're a fan of divination, this is a great book series for you. Follow along as my main character, Alexandra Steele, discovers numerous past life connections to the craft of divination which sparks an awakening that leaves her life forever changed. As she reconnects to these deep mystical ties, she begins to learn about her destiny, which is revealed as she starts to encounter coven sisters and foes from previous incarnations. Dive into this powerful story of empowerment, healing, and sisterhood as Alexandra struggles to overcome past life fears and trauma to come into her own power with the help of her coven sisters. Grab a copy of The Call of the Cards and experience the magic of healing for yourself. And please leave a review wherever you purchase the book to help me reach new readers who can discover the divinatory world that we all love so much. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. It covers holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year end and year ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. 
Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, HealingThroughTara.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terror line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now I want to share with you my impressions of the Seasons of the Witch Oracles. I have worked with the Samhain Oracle for a year now, and I've just gotten acquainted with the Yule Oracle the past few months. Rockpool Publishing sent me a copy of the Yule Oracle to review in October 2021. I've worked with this deck all winter and love it. I'll start with the Samhain Oracle since I've worked with this one the longest. The Seasons of the Witch Samhain Oracle has powerful witch energy. I love to work with this deck all autumn, but especially in October. I find witchy decks to be powerfully healing and empowering. There are so many magical elements in this deck. There are cards that tap into spell work, with cards like potions and spells, ritual, candle magic, altar, crystals and herbs, and cauldron. There's tons of sacred knowledge imparted through the cards of the elders, ancestors, and the veil. My favorite cards are the ones that relate to intuition and divination. The elemental energies are strong with these decks. The Samhain Oracle taps into nature through the nature vibes and nature spirits cards, and moon energy is represented through the dark moon card. There are also animal spirit connections with the wolf, frog, owl, and black cat. One of my favorite aspects of the Samhain deck is that it includes Halloween vibes with cards like pumpkin, bat, spider, haunted, witch. There's even an All Hallows Eve card that never fails to pop out of the deck around Halloween. The creators provide custom spreads in the Samhain Oracle, such as the Graveyard Spread, the Spiritual Council Spread, Reclaiming My Power Spread, The Witch's Tools Spread, The Healer's Spread, and many more. The creators of this deck have done a phenomenal job with the card meanings and illustrations. The book is written by Lorraine Anderson and Juliette Diaz, and it is illustrated by Giada Rose. As the wheel turns from Samhain, we find ourselves wanting a change of pace. The Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle is perfect for Yule time. The snowy winter landscapes and the chilly themes create an atmosphere for us to withdraw externally and reflect inwardly and put the sole focus on our own healing with cards like Dove Medicine and Bear Medicine. I love the addition of the Yule Oracle to my collection, because while I have a ton of Autumn Tarot and Oracle decks, 
my winter collection's been very minimal. Last year, I only had the Winterweight Tarot and the Light Visions Tarot. This year, I added the Nightmare Before Christmas Tarot, which is perfect for Halloween and Christmas, but I still didn't have a Winter Oracle. So now the Yule Oracle infuses my tarot practice with those winter vibes that I've been lacking. In Memphis, we rarely get any snow. So the snowy, cold, white images in the Yule Oracle taps into the quintessential themes of winter with cards like chills, cold moon, darkest hour, frost, and snow. The cards create such a wintry chill that it makes me want to cozy up under a blanket by the fire and stay warm through the coldest months of the year. And the warmth of that hearth card is so inviting. When winter starts December 21st, we are still in the holiday season, so family gatherings and holiday parties are still underway. But by January, the colder part of the winter calls for us to turn inward and reflect on where we are in life. And the Yule Oracle perfectly covers this range of activities over these winter months. We have some cards in the deck depicting feasting and family gatherings for the holidays of Yule and a Father Christmas card for Christmas. But the deck also provides us with cards like tranquility, contemplation, self-care, and turning inward to signify that shadow work and reflection period we all need to experience this time of year. The holidays are represented very well in this deck, with cards like merriment, mistletoe, ornaments, reindeer medicine, ringing the bells, silent night, wreath, and yule log. I don't have a holiday oracle, so this one covers them for me, and it reads so well with my winter weight tarot. In the Yule Oracle, the creators provide us with custom spreads to use with the deck, like the Christmas cross, the evergreen wreath, the star, and the winter care spread. I love working with decks that mirror the energy of the season because it makes that healing journey more experiential for me, and it allows me to go deeper into my healing work. What I love about these decks is that they help us to reclaim the witch archetype and rekindle our connection to magic. The energy of these Seasons of the Witch decks connects me to my inner witch and crone energy for that wisdom and sacred knowledge that leads my intuitive practice. There are several ways you can incorporate these oracle cards into your divinatory practice. You can use these cards as invocations, daily pulls for what to reflect on, intentional manifestation, goal setting, displays for altars, and use in spells, rituals, and meditation. I love displaying certain cards when I want to embody that energy or shift energy with the card's themes. You can work with the card's energy for specific healing work and shadow work. In the introduction of the Yule Oracle, the creator suggested using these cards for daily guidance by asking these questions. What do I need to know today? How can I navigate this day successfully? And what kind of day can I look forward to? These are good prompts for morning card draws. In the evening, you could ask, What is one thing I can take away from today? What is something I should reflect on? Or what needed my attention today that I ignored? I love working with different decks seasonally. I already decorate my house according to the seasons, so when I started collecting tarot and oracle decks, it felt natural to work with them in a seasonal manner. 
This helps to keep my practice fresh since I switch out my decks every few months, and that means it helps my energy and my healing work evolve in a forward motion. So it keeps me progressing on my journey. Working with these Seasons of the Witch Oracles helps my energy shift with the cycles of the natural world as we work along the wheel of the year. There are ebbs and flows in the natural world, so our healing work should mirror that natural cycle as well. In the fall, I work on what is falling away, and this gives me time to get comfortable with what needs to be released. So by the time winter comes, it's easier for that release to happen. I can then close those chapters and clear up space for new chapters to begin by the time spring arrives. The Samhain deck gives me strong coven energy and crone energy, which inspires me to explore my magical gifts and witchy side, while the Yule Oracle helps me reflect on the inner work needed to become the person I'm striving to be. That work takes a lot of solitude and meditation and a connection to nature, while the Samhain deck calls for me to explore magic in more active ways. These two decks have very different energy to me. The Samhain Oracle has upright and reversed meanings, but the Yule Oracle does not. And there's more diversity in the Yule Oracle, and the creators address that issue. They have said that they are committed to using more diverse images in the oracles from now on. They have already announced that they are creating an oracle for each of the eight Sabbaths. The Beltane Oracle is the next to be released, and I very much look forward to working with that new deck in the springtime. Thank you to Rockpole Publishing for sending me the Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle to review. It really made the holidays special this year. If you are interested in working with your deck seasonally, you might want to check out my episodes on the healing work that I focus on during each season and my favorite decks for those seasons. I recorded episodes covering all four seasons already. For working with archetypes of all kinds, I recommend the Carolyn Miss Archetype Deck and the Wild Unknown Archetypes Deck. I have both and love to use them alongside the tarot archetypes. My favorite tarot decks to use when working with the Witch Archetype are the Green Witch Tarot, the Everyday Witch Tarot, and Bonestone and Earth Flesh Tarot for Crone Energy. Another perfect magical deck to use with the Season of the Witch decks is the Magic and Mediums Oracle. Check out the episodes on my favorite Autumn decks and Halloween decks for thorough reviews of these witchy decks. I will now share with you the nine-card custom spread called Healing with the Witch Archetype. Here are the card prompts. Where have I been silenced? How can I regain my voice? Where has my power been taken away? How to fully step into my personal power? Healing needed before I feel safe coming out of hiding. What ritual should I implement regularly? What gift is awakening within me? What does this archetype have to teach me? And the last card prompt, what message does this archetype have for me? If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog, on my website, healingthroughterror.com, and I have posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Terror accounts on Pinterest and Instagram. I would love to see the photos of your spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at Healing Through Tarot and please use the hashtag 
Healing Through Tarot, Witch Archetype Spread. Links for all the decks discussed here are in the show notes and on my blog. And don't forget to check out my new spread ebook called Healing Through Tarot's Healing and Mental Health Spreads Volume 2. There's a link in the show notes. On my website, you can check out the full list of the 15 card spreads to see what this ebook has to offer. In the next episode, I will start my Shadow Work series where I will discuss the key elements in Shadow Work and all the decks I use for exploring the shadow. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.